We talk about God and we drink beer. It's what we do. Yes, it is. So Dude, um, we should make shirts that say that. We talk about God and we drink beer. It's yep. what we do. Listeners, would you buy those shirts? Would you buy merch? Let, let's ask that question. If there, was, if there was beers and Bible merch, would you buy it? Would you buy it? Would you spend your hard-earned money and buy merchandise of, for from two bozos <laughs> who know a little bit about the Bible and less about us beer? <laughs> Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode 8 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick. And I'm your other host, and my name is Rick, and we're happy to be with you today um, on this week's episode of the Beers and Bible Podcast. We are going to be discussing uh, what holiness is, and um, also we're going to be drinking beer, which is ironically what we do every week. <laughs> so we are going to be uh, uh, sampling the... What am I looking at here? <laughs> San Francisco Liberty Ale from the Anchor Brewing okay. Company. Okay, I've never seen this before. I don't know if this is if this is legit or not. But on the back, beside the government warning, it says, and this is the way I read it. Okay, just I think it may be just the way it's based on this because when you read the whole sentence, it makes sense. But it says, according to the Surgeon General, comma, women should not drink alcohol. But it actually says alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. And I, I read that, and I, I thought it said women should not drink alcohol, according to the Surgeon General. So anyway, good catch, that good was, catch. So, uh, so yeah, Liberty Ale. From that was why Anchor. I laughed. Liberty, I thought you were just laughing at something I did. So, no. anyway, so the Liberty Ale from the Anchor Brewing Company in San. Um, I'm going to guess San Francisco. So it says on the bottle, brewed on the 18th of April, 1975, to celebrate the 200th anniversary of Paul Revere's historic ride. Dude, we're drinking history tonight. We're drinking something. <laughs> we're definitely drinking it. And it's from San Francisco. I didn't think they liked history in San Francisco. Anyway. The 70s were a different time, man. It's a true story. All right, so on the website, anchorbrewing.com, that's what we do. We go to the website. We read the bottles or cans, and we go to the website. If you don't like it, Oh, well. Come up with another plan. I know, right? Uh, Make your own podcast. First brewed in 1975, this particular ale, the Liberty Ale. First brewed in 1975. First first bottled in 1975. It's available year-round. ABV is 5.9%, which is like 11.8 proof. Um, Uses uh, Cascade Hops. It's a two-row pail. Um, According to the website, let's see here. 
Yeah, that's it. That's all it's got. It doesn't have any. It doesn't have what it pairs well with. It doesn't have any of that. It doesn't have an IBU or anything on it. So the bottle actually reads. So this, I'm reading. They they have this little tiny writing on the bottle, and it's like the whole entire history of the beer on the top of the bottle, and it says Liberty Ale is made with the finest barley malt, fresh hops, fresh whole hops, top fermenting yeast, pure water, and the simple natural methods that reflect our exceptional respect for the ancient art of brewing. Dude, that makes me like, like these guys have thought it out, man. Trying to see. Looking, I'm looking to see. I've, I've read somewhere that the longer a beer has sat, the more uh, the yeast separates, and so it'll put. You'll have like little yeast particles floating in your beer. I'll hold up. So I like to see how much of that there is. There's not a whole lot. No, I know they do. So uh, they use brown bottles because it protects. Brown bottles protect the beer from the light. Oh, okay, that makes so, sense. Because that was like I saw that on a Sam Adams commercial one time. They're like, we use brown bottles to protect our beer. And okay. If, if you drink beer from a green or a white bottle, clear, clear, but whatever, same difference. Um, then basically you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds like whatever. All right, another so, week, another bottle, and we cannot. We have to. We can't time it. So that was good. Can you try timing this in post? Can you try? I'm, I'm, I'm like good. I'm like could do that. But don't get, screw get it up. Get real close. I think it's fun having them separate. The cap hit the floor. Let the, Let the bottles hit the floor. <laughs> Let the bottles hit the floor. Oh, man. Last week it was rap music. This week it's grunge or whatever that would be classified as heavy metal. So here we go. We're going to pour it up. And I'm going to. Last week I poured it all over myself. And I'm going to try not to do that this week. I'm back to doing this right handed. So here we go. And we do this right in front of the microphones to make you guys thirsty or gals. Make y'all thirsty and want to go out and buy some Liberty Ale from Liberty Brewing or Anchor Brewing Company in San Francisco. Oh, that smells real nice. This, this is this is promising right here. Remember a couple weeks ago I, got, I had that one with just, it was mostly head in the glass? Yes. I, I've Dude, got, I've got, I'm getting good at this. I got a little bit. I got a little bit on mine this week. I didn't pour. Quite. That smells really nice. I'm not gonna lie. It smells. It does smell yeah, rather smell, refreshing. Smell good. Uh, according to the website, Anchor Brewing has it looks like nine different brews. So, um, if a Liberty Ale doesn't sound if a if that doesn't sound like something you'd be a part of, they do have other options. Um, they are in San Francisco, California. I don't know if we said that. And uh, you can find them online. It's it. This is so. This is kind of weird. It says it is virtually handmade by the brewers of Anchor Steam beer, in one of the m- smallest and most traditional breweries in the world. So, is, I guess is Anchor does Anchor own that Anchor Steam or whatever? I, is that the same company? I guess it's the same company. I don't know. But dude, it, talk about like an older brewery. What if it's what if it was from like the Gold Rush? With the original, like, machinery or whatever. I doubt that very much. I but, do, too. So here we go. This is uh, Liberty Ale from Anchor Brewing Company, San Francisco, California. Here, Looks good. Looks good. Let's dive in. Here we go. Oh, 
That's pretty good. It almost reminds me of like a if I had to if I were to pour Yingling and Blue Moon in the same cup. That's what it reminds me of. I could see that. Like it's got the texture, and it's weird to talk about beer having texture, but it's got the texture of like a Blue Moon. It's even got the consistency of like a Blue Moon, but it has almost the darkness darkness flavor of a of a Yingling. This is this is a new taste for me. I'm not gonna lie. This is I've never had anything like this before. I'm trying to pinpoint it. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, what it reminds me of. So, all right, and I haven't had enough Yingling Blue Moon combination or whatever <laughs> you got going to, on over to, there. To be honest, I've never poured Yingling and Blue Moon in the but same cup. I have cup. a feeling we know what Rick's doing this weekend. <laughs> You're darn right. So I, I, I'm having a hard time pinpointing the f- the flavor profile here. Um, it's not bad. I like it. Um, again, like we discussed last week, I think I just like beer. It's true. I, I guarantee like beer. I mean, what well, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't like beer, right? But but, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like you could probably put any beer in front of me, and I'd probably be like, like it. That's yeah. not bad, except for Natty Light. I won't drink that crap. <laughs> Can I say crap on, sure on the podcast? Okay. Absolutely. Good, because I've done it crap. twice. Um, I don't... Give, give me your initial takeoff. Let's, let's, see, let's see where we are. I know what I'm going to give it. Every time I drink it, it's changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start at... Man. On a scale of one to five Luthers, with five being... The greatest thing we've ever had, and one being Natty Light. I'm going to land at three and a half. Dude, that's exactly where I'm, I'm three and a half. Okay. This is a three and a half all day long. Like, what if three and a half is the five? Well, no, we had a four and a half. So four, and a half, four and a half would be six. <laughs> Trippy. Yeah, I'm going to come in at three and a half, too. This thing has really good flavor. Um... I, again, I have no idea what it tastes like, but it yeah, is pretty it's, good. This is not it's, like it's not very, it's not distinguishable. Like like if you were drinking no. red, you'd be like, oh, that's an apple, or yeah. if you drink blue moon, you're like, oh, that's supposed to be yeah. orange. Like no, this is like this, but it's almost it's almost by itself, even in the flavor of beers. Like I don't think I've ever had a beer that tastes like this one. Yeah, and that's like that's what's unique to me is you can have you can have an IPA that's blended with different stuff. And it's going to taste different. So not all IPAs are the same. And and the same thing with lagers and the same thing with... Because um, like uh, a few weeks ago, we did the Classic City Lager. And that has turned out to be like one of my one of my favorites. And I, like I've gone back and bought it again simply because we reviewed it on this podcast. Yeah. And it was so... Like it was that good to me that I've gone back and bought it again. This one would be one of those that I'd, I'd classify, and I think I gave Classic City a four. This one's not quite up to Classic City in mine, yeah. in my book, but but it's a, this is really good. I would I would drink it sitting on a porch. I would drink it hanging out with my friends. I would drink it eating dinner. You know, yeah. I honestly don't feel like you know whatever I'm eating. I feel like this would go good with it. Yeah, 
Um, so I read a little more while you were talking, not that I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, so the website says that Liberty Ale was first brewed to celebrate the bicentennial of Paul Revere's historic ride. You, yeah, you said that. I was like, I said that on the As can. the first modern American IPA brewed after Prohibition and the first modern American single hop ale and dry hopped ale, Anchor's Liberty Ale is the original craft brewed ale and the historic beer that started a revolution. So is this like the first IPA? Maybe. I mean, it's not called an IPA. It's just called an ale. Maybe it. Maybe they went back after the fact and, and labeled it as well, an IPA. Well, maybe. I mean, because IPA is India Pale Ale, and then you can have an, an actual ale. It's, I mean, some of the stuff is, is the same. It does say American IPA on it, though. Okay. American Indian. Dude, what's it? Say what? Why did I start whispering? I don't know. It'd be amazing if it was brewed by the Indians. The Indians of San Francisco, California. <laughs> I don't think there's many Indians in San Francisco. I could be wrong, though. I haven't been to San Francisco. Yeah, me neither. So, actually, no, I have been one time. That was a long time ago, though. I'm sure San Francisco's changed a lot since I was there. Oh, no, I'm sure it's exactly the same. You're probably right. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna we're we're it sounds like we're giving it a three and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm st- I'm stuck. I'm th- I'm on three and a half. Yeah. Um which which if you've listened to the past few episodes is actually pretty good for me. <laughs> yeah, you've been kind of down on the on the beers we've had the last couple of weeks. So uh yeah, Liberty Ale from uh Anchor Brewing Company there. We're we're gonna give you three and a half Luthers. Well done. With the, with pleasantly the started a revolution. I'm pleasantly surprised, honestly. I didn't. I, I didn't know what to expect from a San Francisco company that, yeah. that brews beer. I just didn't. You know, the Did they want us to have a safe space. Sorry, sorry. Wow. <laughs> I was just gonna say something. How you know, it just seems like the southeast has kind of a a stranglehold well, on the brewing. It's okay. So we had a listener a couple of weeks ago who sent us a recommendation for a brewery that was in Gainesville, Georgia. And then, like, a week later, we have a couple of beers show up from a brewery in Lawrenceville, Lawrenceville, Georgia, which apparently those two cities are pretty close. Right. Um, Georgia folks, chime in. Help us out on that one. Yeah. Hit Um, us up. So, so I mean, it was like, and then we, so the, and I went back and looked, like, the classic city lager was from Athens, Georgia, which is pretty close to both Gainesville and Lawrenceville, I I guess. Again, Georgia people help us out. Um, so you have this, you like, I mean, there's like this little triangle right there, apparently in that part of Georgia that is apparently like Brew City Central or something like that. Yeah. And I also feel like we had one, where else have we had? We've had, all right. So Mississippi, Mississippi so, was the first one. So Southern Pecan, yep. Then Holland, we had, Michigan, Michigan. Michigan. Mm-hmm. Then we had, um, we had one from Delaware, Delaware. Mm-hmm. We had that one. And then we've had the three from Georgia. And now we have the one from, uh. And we're still missing one. There was another one. Where was that? Me, so, all right, let's let's go back and count. Listeners, Southern Pecan, stand by. Southern Pecan, Dragon's Milk, Flesh and Blood IPA. That was Delaware. Delaware, Classic City Lager. Mm-hmm. Um, Mighty Banyan. The, oh, no, no, no. Big Wave, Kona. Kona. Yep, Kona. that's what, there it is. Kona. Crisis averted. We have remembered what we've drank on our <laughs> podcast to this point. We remember all seven episodes up to this point. Uh, Kona, yeah, that one, because that was the one that was Fort Collins by way of Hawaii. Or, or, or Hawaii, was Hawaii by, way, by way of Fort Collins. I don't know. And no one ever reached out to correct us on that. So anyway, if all that, all that to say, Anchor Brewing, good job. 
Yeah, Job we well like done. this. We like this. This is good. Three and a half, man. That's uh, that's on pretty our, high on our scale. That's really doing well. The Only, highest we've had so far is four and a half. That was a uh, dragon. That milk. was dragon's milk. Yeah. So pretty much everything hangs in the three and a half to four range. Yeah. So if you're doing three and a half to four, you're doing pretty good in our book. So we appreciate you, Anchor Brewing in San Francisco. We like this beer. Uh, we give it three and a half Luthers. Uh, we feel like Martin Luther, if he were still around, would probably enjoy this beer too. So yeah. There you go. That is the Liberty Ale from Anchor Brewing. And now we're going to continue in our discussion of concise theology talking about holiness from J.I. Packer. Dude, I just realized something. What? So the Liberty Ale? Mm Mm-hmm. We could also use as like a reference point to how we have liberty in Jesus. What? I don't know what that music was, but there you go. Christian liberty. The Christian liberty ale. We should do that. That would be amazing. Somebody get on that. Yeah. Anyway, here we go. All right, so we're back. We're back now. Back for real. We're back for real. We're talking about holiness this week. Um, we're, again, we're going to try to keep these a, a little bit, we've, we've kind of gotten longer and longer every week. And, and our goal when we started this was to keep them like 45 minutes, I think we 50 did. minutes. I think we've done that once to this point. Yeah. We've, we've been or maybe less, twice. We've been less than 56 minutes. I think twice. <laughs> okay. No, I think only once less than 50 minutes for sure. Only once. How long was last week's? Maybe it was like 48. Okay. So twice. Okay. Yeah, because I think last week was somewhere around 48 or 49. I don't know. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> ha, Jinx, buy me a Coke. Dang it. Or how about I just give you some Liberty Ale? I have my own. Okay, anyway. Okay. All right, so we're going to... So now, this episode, we've covered that we're going to we're gonna try to keep it shorter, and I feel Ish. like we're just over-explaining this, so it's going <laughs> to yeah, make it longer. It's going to make it longer. <laughs> longer. <laughs> so, so now we're going to... We're, uh, this episode, we're going to talk about holiness, so... Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Wasn't that a song in the 90s? Uh, yeah, uh, by Michael W. Smith. The man, the myth, the legend. Is that who wrote that? No, that's not who wrote that song. I think he sang it, though. I'm sure he sang, he sang every song. He's like the Chris Tomlin of the 90s. He's like the Chris Tomlin of... I think Chris Tomlin is Michael W. Smith's son. That would be weird. <laughs> that would be super weird. I have to find out who wrote that song because it's going to bother me. Holiness is what I want. See, now you've got uh, now you've got our singing abilities. All right, so we're talking about holiness, and we're talking about God being holy. Okay, um, when we when we define the word holy, okay, we're talking about something being dedicated or consecrated to God for a religious purpose. Um, something being sacred. Um. I'm trying to think of like synonyms or something like that. Divine, just kind of in that in that realm. But one of the key ver- verses, and this is one that Packer brings out, is is Leviticus 11:44. I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves to me and be holy, because I am holy. Quick interjection here: Anytime someone uses Leviticus, I get real nervous. That's true, because Leviticus is also where they talk about not uh, wearing double. Whatever mixed clothing and mixed clothing, no tattoos, no, and tats, no earrings. Yeah, and, um, don't bathe. We obviously don't do. There, but we don't do any of that because we are we're like Babylon B style perfect Christians, 
and we do everything right, obviously. Because By perfect Christians, you mean we do everything that the traditional church goer will tell you is wrong, then yes, we are the perfect <laughs> Christian. We regularly I mean, drink tattoos. Yep. We've been known to occasionally swear. We've, we've been known to light pipes up occasionally. Yeah. We're just revealing more about ourselves. Yeah. And right at, at this point, the only people who are listening already know who we are anyway. So more than likely. Let's just be real about that. More than likely. So anyway. So, so holy. Oh, here we go. The holiness of God. We're only 20 minutes in, but the holiness of God. So uh, God repeatedly in the Old Testament, you should be holy because I am holy. And, and obviously our desire and holiness is to be like God. We are supposed to strive to be like God. Um, in First Peter... Um, he repeats the same thing again. He says, it is written, you should be holy because I am holy. And, and God has commanded his people to be a holy people. And, and I mean, when you look at Christianity as a whole, like when you talk about the whole scheme of Christianity, like your, your Tammy Faye Bakers all the way to your, like John Pipers. Okay. I'm going to get both sides of the spectrum. I don't like, know who that first person is, but okay. Dude, you don't remember Tammy Faye Baker? Nope. She, okay, she was on TBN in the 90s and maybe early 2000s. Okay, that was before I was a believer, it, but okay. It may have been before that, but she, like, I used to have this belief that, that she had fake tear ducts in her, like, she wore so much makeup that they covered up fake tear ducts, and she would, like, push a button and make herself cry. It was, I believed that and when I was a kid. Do you still believe it as an adult? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about, so but anyway, word for it. But anyway, so we're commanded. It doesn't matter who you are. If you profess Christ, then you are commanded to be holy. And nothing brings more shame to the body of Christ and to the person of Christ is when you don't conduct yourself in a holy manner. And the reason I mentioned Tammy Baker is because uh, her and Jim Baker went down in like this massive financial scandal that, that showed they were stealing tons of money from people. And not acting. Oh, that's always good in a very Christian way, you know. Right. Um, so, but then, but then you have like the John Pipers or or the Billy Grahams. You know, you have we have the Billy Graham rule um, that's commonly referred to, where mm-hmm. where guys won't you know guys well, won't go into a meeting or go into a closed door room with or another woman, even have a meal with another woman if there's someone else other not than present, his wife. other than his wife. Yeah, yeah, other than his wife, and so. And, and I think I think it was Billy Graham that even like he wouldn't. It didn't matter how many people were there. He would not sit at a table with a woman who was not his wife, and, and his wife had to be present if there was another woman present. That's like that's how, that's how that's how that's how hard. But but then you look back at at guys like Billy Graham, and you look and you say, man, these are guys that were number one, never rocked by scandal. Um, you don't, you don't have to agree with all of their theology to know that, man, they lived their life in a way that was honoring to God and to his commands in scripture, Absolutely, which is what holiness is for the Christian. Yeah. Okay. That's what holiness is for the Christian. We are to be holy because our God is holy. And when we talk about being holy, we're talking about being perfect. God is perfect. That's in, in his holiness. He is perfect. So we should be, we should all be perfect, right? Not attainable. It's true. We should all strive for it. We should all live our lives in a in such a way that um, it is evident that we are striving for that perfection and that holiness. Mm-hmm. But in and of ourselves, and 
even with the Holy Spirit's help, I don't believe un- until until we leave this earth, perfection is not an attainable goal for us as humans. That's, that's true. And and what we talk about is the idea of striving to be holy is your is your sanctification process. So if you're once you're saved, you're being sanctified until you're glorified. When you're glorified, that's when you're perfect. Yeah. Yeah, becoming a believer in Jesus doesn't magically make like all your bad things go away, and and, and even like if you could be, you could. I know Billy Graham had was. I know we're gonna we're gonna come back to him, but like he was a great example for what a Christian should be. Yes, but he still had sin in his life. Oh, he did, and 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 I honestly like I don't. I would pro- I would. It is safe to say that I probably have never listened to a sermon he gave or anything like that because he was very much a uh, old, cru- school old, old school crusade, you know, come and repent kind of preacher. Um, but I totally forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> but you know, I would I would believe that he lived his life as clean as. Any man short of Jesus could have lived. Yeah. And, and, okay. So I'm going to give you an example. All right. We're, and, and I'm going to use Billy Graham. And I'm going to use somebody theologically on the opposite side of the spectrum of Billy Graham. And that is R.C. Sproul. Okay. These are two guys. Both of these guys have died within the last three years. Okay. Um, and and when Billy. So Billy Graham died first. And then R.C. Sproul died. And R.C. Sproul was at Billy Graham's funeral, and I saw this quote. I don't, I don't know. I can't verify that R.C. Sproul actually said it. Um, but he said uh, he essentially somebody asked him about Billy Graham, and and R.C. Sproul said, you know, I just hope that I'm close enough to Jesus when I get to heaven that I I have the ability to even see Billy Graham, because he feels like you know, in in the the whole context of that is. R.C. Sproul feels like Billy Graham was so passionate in his pursuit of holiness and purity in his life that that even somebody like R.C. Sproul, who we would we would consider one of the greatest theologians of the 21st century, I mean the whole Ligonier Ministries, which is a huge worldwide ministry, came out of R.C. Sproul's ministry that started by R.C. Sproul, and and he's written countless amount of books, which I have like. I mean, I have several in R.C. Sproul. One of the books that R.C. Sproul wrote is called The Holiness of God, where he talks about just this transcendent idea of God's holiness and how we almost can't even fathom the idea of how holy God actually is. Mm. Um, because because our minds are not prepared to think on that level. Right. And so, so, so you're saying that R.C. Sproul said or his claim to have said that when he when he dies he hopes to be close enough to Jesus to see Billy Graham. Yeah. And and Billy Graham would have been okay, so Archie Billy Sproul Graham would have, have said the exact same thing about He probably Archie would Sproul. have. He probably would have. But the, the the two different if you if you're familiar with either of these guys, you would know that Billy Graham is is not necessarily in an academic you know, very scholarly. He was very Billy evangelist. Graham, Billy Graham just preached the Bible. It's what he did. And so he on, was great at it, but that's all he did. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, R.C. Sproul is very, very academic. He's written I got commentaries. You. He's, 
you know, he's written several books. He's taught in seminaries. I think he founded a seminary. Uh, it's part, I, I don't know exactly on that one, but you know, he's very much in the academic world. And so you have these two guys who are in, in two polar opposites. And a lot of times guys who are in this academic world view these guys who are not in the academic world as kind of like subpar. And, right. and that's kind of, you know, it's like this high and mighty, I'm the elite guy who teaches. Yeah. But if R.C. Sproul is saying that about Billy Graham, that shows a lot about the life of holiness that Billy Graham exactly. lived. Yeah. And that's, and that's the whole point. It's like, you know, this guy who, who we would consider one of the greatest thinkers and theologians of the 21st century in R.C. Sproul is saying this about, you know, a guy who would really probably just consider himself a common evangelist. Right. And, and, and they're saying, you know, Hey man, I can't wait to see him. I hope I'm close enough that I even get to see Billy Graham, hmm. you know? And, and there was a couple of cartoons that went around about it, but that like, when I think about when we talk about personal holiness and, and the holiness in the life of the believer, that's, that's what I think about. Right. How much are we striving to be like God, because he has commanded us to be holy. So how, how much are we striving to be like that? Gotcha. Um, now let's transition and talk about the holiness of God from like God's perspective, God being holy and God being fully, uh, you know, the perfection of holiness. Okay. All right. Let's talk about justice. All right. <laughs> um, so, this idea of justice um, comes from the fact that God's holiness necessarily results in justice by God, our creator. Um, if we believe that God's holiness makes him transcendently great and morally perfect, then justice is a direct result of all that. Yes. Okay. Um, so this, the a definition of justice uh, that Packer lists here is that... Um, that is, it is that we do in all circumstances things that are right. So that is from we would call that integrity. Integrity, yeah, is what we would call. Um, that. So, so that's you know doing the right thing when you're all alone, or doing the right thing when the doors are closed, or when no one's looking, or whatever. Yeah. Um, when you're sitting at that red light at three a.m. and there's zero cars, and you're just sitting there, you don't run the red light. Yeah, because it's the right thing to do because it's the law. Yeah, and we covered in episode one how we follow the law. It's true. It's what we do. Or we're supposed to follow the law. Um, so when we're talking about justice, God is the legislator and the judge, but he's also the promise keeper and the partner of our sin. Um, Romans 7, 12 says that God's moral law is holy, righteous, and good. Um, so the, the law that God gave us to follow is holy and righteous because God gave it to us, but it's also good for us to follow because God gave it to us. True. Um, All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna completely train wreck you. Do it. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Are you gonna, are you gonna unravel everything I just said? Nope. Okay. Nope. But if God is, if His law is holy, just, and good, and we are sinners. Why do we still live after we sin? For the wages of sin is death. Oh, after we sin, I, yeah. I misunderstood. So why do we live after we sin? God, in, in, if God is just, 
then at our first sin, which, I mean, you go back to David in the Psalms, he, he says that we are conceived in sin. Right. So from the moment from, of conception. From the, from the very, very beginning, we're in sin. Right. And Romans 5 says that in Adam, we're all sinners. Right. So why do we continue to live after we have sinned? If God is just, why does he not execute his justice on us at that moment of sin? I mean, he's, he's perfectly within his right to do so. He's perfectly within his right, but he also has great love for us. It's true. He also has a great amount of mercy for us. True. So, Jesus. <laughs> that's, love. That's, that's the answer to everything, Jesus. And, well, and, and this is something I feel like that, there's a very specific answer you're, you're fishing no, for. I'm, and, I'm not and, really. I, and I have no idea what you're... <laughs> we've gone off script. So, so, all right. So, God judges justly. Okay? He is just in everything that he does. Right. Okay. Um, part of that justice is mercy, and and this is where this is where we as Christians need to realize how much grace we have been given. Mm-hmm. You know, because if and, and I, I I can't remember the exact reference, but it's basically to the effect of if you knew how much you had been forgiven, you would be forgiving of others. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Jesus. Jesus talks about that. Um, so, um, if we are sinners and we are deserving of death, then what we have is when God does not punish us for our sin, we have injustice. And this is something that R.C. Sproul talks about. Okay. Okay. So God acts in justice and injustice. And when, when we are not struck down by by with our in, as, in a, in a, result, sin, as, as a, a result of our, our sin, sin when we're not struck down to death okay that is actually injustice we receive injustice from god okay because there's only two categories there's justice and injustice all right okay and i hope i'm understanding this correctly if if i'm if i'm remembering rightly um and so grace and mercy and forgiveness and all of that falls into the category of, of injustice, injustice because it's an opposite of what the character of God's holiness exactly of should result in. So when we, and, and, and it, it makes me cringe when I hear Christians talk about injustice and they're, and they're bringing up something like, like social Im- injustice, immigration or social injustice. And they're like, Oh, this isn't fair. And I'm like, bro, sis, you don't even understand what you're talking about because mm-hmm. you have received so much injustice that has been in your favor. Right. And you're, I, 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 th- I think the, the, the thing that's hard for them to understand is that like injustice has a, such a negative connotation. It, does. it. it like, does. If you say the word injustice, but then to God, the injustice of humanity surviving in, in spite of its sin is an injustice to him. Yeah, it is. And that's why, so that's why you end up with the whole sacrificial system in the Old Testament. Mm. And essentially, that's what eventually leads to Jesus. Christ's death on the cross. So Christ's I was death, right. Christ's death on the cross. <laughs> you were right. You were right. 
Um, but but I had to I had to bring I had to bring you there. Yeah. Um, Christ's death on the cross is the ultimate injustice, right? That favors us. It because, favors us because it disfavors God. Exactly. And 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 so you then you read then you read Ephesians two. Mm-hmm. All right. We are by nature children of wrath. And then verses four through nine. But God, who is rich in mercy, grace, first by grace you have been mm-hmm. saved, you get down to verse eight and nine. Yep, yep, yep. And it's not of your own. And so you don't get to boast in your own injustice. Right, because it's not our it's it's nothing that we did exactly. that led to our sins being forgiven. There is zero work that you do in your salvation. It is all the injustice of God declaring you, and this is what's this is what's super trippy, declaring you justified. Injustice leads to our justification. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mind blown right there. Injustice leads to is the reason for our justification because we are justified wholly apart from anything that we do by the work of in the person of Christ by the work by the by his death burial resurrection, resurrection and ascension yeah that he, is what justified us from our injustice he lived the life that we were supposed to live he died the death that we should die okay if that's not the ultimate injustice statement yeah i don't know what it is but all of this should lead us to holiness and it's the holiness of god that propels all of this injustice mm. The, and, and we, I mean, we have to see it from, from our, from the way it is applied to us mm-hmm. re- realistically. So it's applied to us as an injustice, but in the end, what, what all of this is working out to be is God revealing his glory in all of creation. So he's revealing his holiness through both justice and injustice. Okay. And I, I, I think the word, uh, I think the word, uh, Sproul uses is non-justice. He's, he stays away from injustice to it's like it's, avoid a, it's like negative. a neutral version yeah. or a neutral idea of justice. Yeah, so because, he says because God's what is what should be just to God or, or what is just for us is unjust to God. Therefore, to describe them interchangeably is confusing. Exactly. So that's why yeah. he goes non-justice. Yeah, because it's, it's non-justice. It's neutral. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So non-justice. So, so I need to read that book. It sounds like <laughs> it's. Hey, I will recommend it. The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic book. It really is, and it, and it it puts it puts God in the right perspective. And, and when you think about like Revelation, where it says holy, 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 and you talk about this this three statement of holy, and it, and it says it multiple times throughout scripture, but you talk about this three statement of holy, 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 holy is the Lord God almighty. Um, the reason you say it three times is because, you know, you're, you're elevating God's holiness to this new level of, of supremacy over everything. So his, his holiness is, is actually a part of his transcendence. Right. that's something that I, I meant to mention last week, and I just kind of totally forgot because mural. Um, 
but like everything we're talking about is should be building on itself yeah yeah so so like the transcendence the omnipotence the omniscience all that stuff sovereignty sure. the sovereignty the knowledge predestination which predestination leads to, leads to holiness. holiness and next you know next episode we'll talk about goodness but but like every it's not like one of these it's like this is like one part of the characteristics or the identity of god but it yeah. should all be building on itself yes that's the goal is that it's all building on itself and that and what we're seeing is is what god has revealed to us about himself throughout the scriptures so right. all of this is revealed about god at this point so again we're not we're not we are not revealing anything about god we are only searching the scriptures to see what the scriptures say about god and this is kind of the the logical flow of that order um and so whole i mean we haven't dove real deep into this but but holiness is one of those things that you could really spend a long time searching out from scripture i'm sure there's an entire podcast series on the holy there probably is there probably is and we're trying to condense it into one episode that's <laughs> not going to work well <laughs> um i'm sure we're we're watering it down to some degree yeah. um yeah and 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 i mean so one thing about holiness is is we talk about holiness being uh i guess a parallel would be that like god is light and in for in john 1 5 it says um God is light and, and the darkness flees from him and, and that darkness, you know, he expels the darkness, you know, it's, and when you talk about, when you talk about holiness and and in this aspect of like light and darkness and cold and, and warmth, like when you describe cold, you have to describe cold as the absence of warmth, right? Cold, so, cold, there's no way to really explain as like other than it's cold, not being warm. Yeah. What is what is cold? What's well, not being warm? What is darkness? Well, there's it's not having light. Right. You can't really describe darkness uh, without without a description to light, which or, is or or at least a reference to light. Which so here's here's a little funny joke for you. Um, an atheist, which would be a person who does not believe in God, cannot confess their atheism without acknowledging the name of God. How so? Theist. That's what a theist is. Uh, so you are a theist. You're a th- you are a theist. <laughs> you so you can't even acknowledge that you don't believe in God without acknowledging God in in the name of the atheist. Right. Hmm. A little tidbit for you. That's not really on holiness, but I, I, that's it an interesting in idea, though. So yeah, it popped in my mind there. Uh, but yeah. Um. So what 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 is that whole idea of the you know of God being light? Therefore they're not being darkness. What does that point to? It points to is purity. Okay. So light is pure, you know, and, and even like oh, you talk about uh, other things that represent purity in the Bible. You, you got like wine represents purity because we're a podcast about alcohol, um, wine, but it represents, it represents joy and purity in that, in that context, in that culture. Right. Um, and that, and these are often things like you talk about, um, Jesus turning water into wine at the wedding feast of Cana, he he does so to show the number one the abundance of God in His holiness, and then the the purity of God because wine would have represented purity and joy and all of those things. Um, so you're talking about about God representing and and showing His glory through His holiness, and right. everything that we see is a result of God's holiness. Does that make sense? Yes. So so. 
Sort of. <laughs> and, well, and, and what it should do is, I mean, it should take us back to, to maybe like Psalms 19, one where it says, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim your handiwork. You know, we talked about that when we were talking about general revelation. Right. But, but what that does is that shows the holiness of our God, that he is a holy creator, that all, you know, Genesis tells us that everything he created was good. Um, you know, the first each day it ends with it, you know, and is and it was good, and it was and he good. saw that it was good, and the sunset, yeah, and then the morning and evening, and yeah. and so so all of those things point back to the holiness that everything that protrudes from God, everything that comes from God, which is all of existence, according to John chapter one, all everything was made through Him, and by Him was not anything made that was made. So you have all of everything that we understand is from God. And if everything is supposed to be good, then we are supposed to understand it that way. Um, and we're supposed to understand people as being good. And we're supposed to see the image of God in those people. And, and we're supposed to see God's holiness in, in those people because those people are an act of his creation. Right. And they're also image bearers of the same God that we serve. Exactly. Which if that person is not a believer in God, then that should be our spurring to say, no, I need to take this message to them so that they can understand number one, who their creator is and why they were created the way that they were and how they should worship such a holy God Mm -hmm. because they are his creation. Yeah. So, I mean, in realism, in real Realistically, realist. That's what we're doing. Realistically, the holiness of God should spur us to evangelism, mm. because we see the goodness. We see, and we're going to talk about goodness next week. We see the goodness of God, and that spurs us to talk about God's goodness to to those who are around us. Mm. So it should spur us on to evangelism and exampling Christ to the people who are around us. Right. That sounds like a good place to sum up holiness, right there. Yeah. So let us know what you think about holiness. Yeah. Uh, if you want to uh, reach out to us, we are on, let's see, what order do we do this? And we are, we, we do it differently every week. Yeah, I know. It's never the same. So we have an email. We have uh, beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. Yep. There's our, there's our email. Send us comments, questions, concerns, criticisms, suggestions. We, email now. we are checking it. Listener um, who confronted us about not checking the email. Boo. <laughs> jk um we love you listener yeah we do um let's see we're on instagram at beers and bible underscore we're on the twitter Twitter. beers and bible p1 beers and bible p1 send us a message tag us and stuff i guess i don't know follow us share do make sure you're sharing this podcast with the people that you interact with on sharing is caring um sharing is caring it is caring it's you know if you're enjoying what you're listening to, share you're going to talk friends. about it. Share, share it with, with your friends. friends. And everyone tag the Babylon Bee and, and every, everything <laughs> about this so that we can get us. Uh, we want to be sponsored by the Babylon Bee because we love the Babylon Bee. Yes, we do. The satire of the Babylon Bee and is life. And we're jealous of their podcast. Which their podcast has been on fire lately. I need to go back and listen to it. I haven't been able to. It's, so it's like the first thing I listen to when it comes out. It's amazing. All right. So anyway, with all that, all of our advertising is done. Um, and we're not getting sponsored for. No, there's not a snowball's chance. Um, Ooh, so hit us up. Yeah, hit us up. And uh, until, until next time, peace out. See ya. You enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform. 
to help us promote this podcast. 